Hello, and welcome to the EIC Scaling Club podcast, where we share interesting insights from leading European deep tech entrepreneurs, investors, and industry experts. You've come to the right place. Now sit back and enjoy the podcast. Hello, this is Robin Walters, founder of Tech.eu and editor of the EIC Scaling Club find myself here in Munich at the DLD conference with Francesco Shortino. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company uh, based in Munich, actually called Proxima Fusion, a clean energy uh, company trying to build a uh, first of its kind uh, power plant. Uh, Francesco, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, how are you feeling today? Feeling great. There is a lot ahead of us for Fusion. So at DLD, we are talking a little bit about what are different approaches and what do we need to actually accelerate. It's all about, we all are familiar with the great advantages of a fusion power plant being for clean, safe, abundant energy. And we really need that in, as part of the mix of clean energy sources. Now the question is how quickly we can get there. So we're here to discuss this today. Great. Uh, Francesco, how did the company come about? Like, What's the background? So we were a group of physicists and engineers. The initial group was from the Max Planck Society here in Germany and MIT in Boston and Google X in California. We came together thinking of a problem that has done has gone through a number of milestones that we see as transformative, and then looking for a approach that is simulation enabled, so that is able to leverage the one thing that is is moving the fastest these days, which is computational capabilities, optimization, machine learning, and so on. And we see in Stellarators that's the kind of approach that we're taking to Fusion, a tool to confine the hot ionized matter that we need for fusion, that's called a plasma. In a stellarator, you can find this with big magnetic fields. And if you manage to design these magnetic fields and the device surrounding the magnetic fields with extreme precision, with very important metrics that need to be tweaked um, with based on advanced models, then you can actually, we think, accelerate fusion power plant design by having the right framework where you just keep moving um, the design again and again with iterations, again, in a computational framework. Um, this today we can do much faster. Great. Sounds inc incredibly uh, futuristic. Um, I don't know much about Stellarators, but I did learn that uh, Germany is one of the pioneers when it comes to Stellarators. Is this also the reason why you're building this company out of Munich? It is the main reason. The Max Planck Society and Germany as a whole has made a visionary investment over the past 25 years or so, maybe arguably longer. So Stellarators are really, at this point, a wonderful German story. And we we see ourselves as Proxima Fusion as a European company, but the starting point had to be in Germany. And Germany deserves credit for having really pushed on this incredible uh, device. If you look at, on Google, what Wenderstein ZBNX, or W7NX for short, what it looks like, you get a feeling for the scale and the ambition of this project, which was completed, it was first tested, let's say, in 2015, and then the design was really completely achieved in 2022. So it's, relatively speaking, it's a baby machine, and it has really barely um, explored the, the parameter space where it can really work. And W7X, in our eyes, shows the path, shows a device that can confine this hot ionized matter, a plasma. It can do it with extreme precision, meeting some incredible tolerances, standing on the shoulders of European industry, which has specialized with 1.3 billion euros have been spent on, on honing these capabilities on an industrial scale. And this approach happens to be, in our opinion, the one that actually scales. So it is not only important in fusion to demonstrate that you have a concept that you can make something 
as a laboratory tabletop experiment. That's all good. It's how you make discoveries in fundamental physics, but it is not necessarily the way you're going to power the future. You need a technology that is also demonstrated at scale. When you look at W7X, you see a device that is at the scale of our power plants. In Proxima Fusion, the design points, as we call them, for power plants, they are in the scale of W7X. So we've done the homework, and now we don't. We shouldn't talk anymore about discoveries. What we need are milestones. And so Proxima is engaging in this R&D program, which will not be quick. Fusion is such a transformative thing that requires patience, but we are in the phase um, where the greatest value for, for Fusion is being created by Proxima and other companies. So it's, it's a really exciting time. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Um, in terms of timeline, uh, what are we projecting here? Is it the 2030s, 2040s? Uh, like, how, when do you see this uh, actually becoming commercially viable as a technology? So we're looking definitely at companies producing demonstrations of net energy production within the, the current decade, and then in the 2030s, demonstrations of first-of-a-kind fusion power plants. Specifically for Proxima, we are sort of going one step further in the, the Stellarator that we want to build in Munich, and by 2031... We aim to have a net energy producer, um, a stellarator that can make more energy output than input and that does it in continuous operation. So the continuous operation aspect is something that is unique to Proxima. In our opinion, there are lots of interesting concepts, interesting approaches for fusion out there, but they all aim to demonstrate things for a very short time. Um, that's great um, and very interesting from a physical perspective, but we need an approach that actually shows continuous operation, just like a power plant, a gas power plant. We are targeting the base load, therefore our demonstrator should show capabilities to being base load, so not intermittency, let's say. So 2031, steady state, continuous operation, and then within the 2030s, whether it's 2035 or 2037, 2038, this we don't know yet, but at that time, in the second half of the 2030s, we think that a first-of-a-kind fusion power plant will exist. Great. Well, that tells me that the next few years are going to be very heavy on uh, R&D for you uh, and product development. Uh, you've attracted uh, quite a lot of uh, great scientists from all around the world, actually, uh, to Proxima Fusion. Um, what would you say is your next challenge in the next, let's say, three to five years? The key milestone for us is the creation of, an, of a non-planar high-temperature superconducting magnet. So what I mean by a non-planar is a magnet that is not flat. And the non-planarity is very central to what a stellarator is. If you look at a picture of Wendelstein Sieben X on Google, you see that the, the magnets are twisty. Creating such a twisty magnet, but with the right modern superconductors, is extremely challenging. As uh, Thomas Klinger, the director of the Max Planck in Greifswald, where W7X is, he likes to say, the moment you really show that you can have a non-planar high-temperature superconducting coil at the right scale. So not a tabletop thing, but at the scale of the demonstrator that you need, um, the, the power plant, then you really see the world really changing. We aim to demonstrate this high-temperature superconducting magnets within the next three years, give or take. Uh, to have the world actually change when the technology is ready and therefore um, you know, mass production and, and scaling, um, you will also need to convince, I guess, a lot of the, the existing power plants uh, and governments uh, to use the technology. Do you think that will be an easy path? We think that the, the case for public investments in, in Munich is particularly compelling. Germany is going to 
keep investing in this technology, we hope, because it has such an incredible advantage. And as Europeans, we have invested more in magnetic confinement fusion than anywhere else on the planet. So while this field has been dominated by public funding so far, we think it's now the time when private investors are interested in coming in. Because as I mentioned, the value, the most valuable companies of tomorrow are being created today with infusion. We are, as Proxima Fusion, placing Europe at the forefront in developing this visionary investment that has been made in Stellarators. So we see it as having to strike a balance between public and private funding. And we need an ecosystem. And as Proxima, we really see ourselves as ecosystem players. So Proxima as an engineering company together with the Max Planck for plasma physics, which focuses mostly on physics, as the name says. And then there are in research institutions and universities like the KIT, which can really help us accelerate that R&D. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, you mentioned ecosystem. That's, of course, what we're trying to build with the EIC Scaling Club as well. Uh, from what I understand, you're already familiar with the European Innovation Council, having applied to the EIC Accelerator. Uh, can you tell me how you became aware of it and, and what the reasoning was behind the application? The EIC is, I think, a very important part of the European ecosystem to help ambitious projects lift off. And so it's it's very natural, I think, to a deep tech startup, which is trying to show what is its approach and what is um, their commercial roadmap and scaling, um, I think it's it's makes a lot of sense for many companies. In the case of Fusion, this is not a field that the EIC has supported in the past. Fusion is so is so new in the private uh, sector, and we're hoping that the EIC recognizes the disruptive power of this. Also, the longer timescales, the greater patience that is needed for investments. We need the public sector to recognize the moment. And to support it, even though fusion for the ESC to support fusion is not the same as supporting AI or supporting um, batteries or photovoltaics. These, we need all of these things. And we're hoping that ESC steps in and says this is something made in Europe that we really need. Fantastic. Well, fingers crossed for you. Um... What is uh, the situation with investors? Because I know you, you've raised some funding uh, along the way already, uh, but do you find that when you talk to investors, uh, private investors in particular, uh, in Europe, that they have um, this risk aversion that people always say about the European uh, uh, venture capitalists? Or do you think you, you might be able to find the right investors here in Europe? There is a bit of everything. I think a few years ago, early stage investors were really missing in Europe, and that's really not the case today. Getting started, if you have the right a good approach and especially the right team um, is definitely feasible. What is what is missing more often than not in Europe, I think, is yeah the bravery of going out there and saying I'm going to do it differently. Now the Proxima has successfully started with an ideal setup in a partnership with the Max Planck Society. The scale up is a challenge now. While Europe has developed the early stage funding, the growth stage funding is notoriously challenging. That said. It's not that we need to grow up in a bubble. Um, there are investors around the world that are willing to invest in European companies. There is also enough funding in Europe. It just hasn't been placed in um, in means that can be that can allow for investment in startups. I have great faith that that change is happening. Um, in a place like DLD, there is a lot of discussion about how deep tech startups can scale with European funding. So we're hoping that we are in the right place at the right time. Fantastic. And then when it comes to talent, do you think you uh, can find the, the talent that you need here in Europe or do you need to look outside from day one? I think we have the best. That's one of the greatest advantages that we have. Europe has invested 
more than anywhere else, as I mentioned, in magnetic confinement fusion. Um, we don't necessarily, as a company, aim to go and hire uh, all the scientist community. We want to collaborate with that scientist community, but we do want to, we're looking for the best engineers from other industries as well. So aerospace has a lot of analogies to the technological challenges that we have in a stellarator power plant. Um, we have had incredible success hiring from the likes of Google, Tesla, um, from also great academic institutions like TUM uh, here in Munich. So the talent pool is great. Uh, we need to fight that risk aversion. We need to make sure that the most ambitious, brightest young engineers don't only look for the most stable jobs. This is a bit of a bug in our system that the best jobs are those that allow you for a very stable um, salary and a very stable position. That's not what deep tech innovation needs at this phase. We need more people to want to, make, to leave a mark um, in a more... I see this as a much more ambitious path. Great. Well, that's a fantastic note to end on. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Francesco. Uh, all the best with Proxima Fusion and uh, good luck with the EIC application. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the EIC Scaling Club podcast. For more interesting insights on European deep tech, subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and our newsletter on EICScalingClub.eu. See you. See you.